We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. guys welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast brought to you guys part of part of our blue wire podcast network i'm coming robian for your post-game pod going solo and the thunder they fall to the san antonio spurs 114 to 106 at home too sucks because the next game is in new orleans and that will close it out before the break so let's get into some themes before we get into twitter questions and everything else it was not an exciting game it was actually pretty the opposite of that it was very anticlimactic so we'll go ahead and get started with some themes now the first thing you should know is that hey spurs have lost five in a row there's no demar Derozan. This seems like a game OKC should win, and honestly, quite frankly, they should have won. Did it turn out like that? Well, as you heard the score, 114 to 106, it did not turn out like that. So like you're like thinking, well, what what the heck happened here? Well, it was the combination of really poor shooting, really poor defense, and then OKC really letting get letting Derek White and Patty Mills get whatever they want. And then LaMarcus Aldridge just going crazy in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of what really happened here. And Oklahoma City got behind early. And that was just not a great sign. Oklahoma City got behind early. They only scored, I believe, 13 points in the first quarter. And that's not good enough to beat a team. Even though even though it's the Spurs and even though they're five games back of eighth place in the West, it's still Popovich. It's still the Spurs. They still play, for the most part, fundamental basketball. They just don't have the playmakers that they usually do. 
So if you get behind early double digits, you know, it's it's not good because Popovich is a fantastic coach and he's known as he's going to go in the Hall of Fame for a reason and is he going to, you know, is he going to retire before they win the before the Spurs win the next NBA title? Yes, they he will, but it's just frustrating. So yeah, they got behind early and they played catch up literally the entire game. Uh, I think I think at one point they took a two point lead, but that was very short lived. Uh, I think they took a two point lead and Dennis Schroeder tried to take a three, and then of course it was all downhill from there after that. So yeah, can't get down can't get down early, especially against the Spurs. And really, this team just looked like a team ready to go on break, and it's just really disappointing. Like this team looked like they knew Demar Derozan was out. This team looked like they knew the Spurs had lost five games in a row. This team looked like they were ready for the All-Star break, and they still have one more game left to go before the break. So it, it was just, they were very sluggish. They weren't attacking. They were, very, they, were, they were not aggressive at all. I mean, the Spurs, their defense, they were around. Yeah, they were, they were flying around, but they were, like, very aggressive. The Spurs' defense was incredibly aggressive. They weren't giving cushion. They were right up on all of the OKC offensive players flailing their arms, and Instead of OKC being aggressive and getting to the rim, for the most part anyways, they just really, they weren't about getting the foul calls early. And they really just decided to be kind of conservative and just take the shots that San Antonio gave them, which were either bad shots or uh, or just like long mid-range shots and stuff that just wasn't going to work. And CP3 had to carry the Thunder early. So OKC, they were not aggressive enough. Uh, they didn't try to get foul calls despite San Antonio, you know, playing right up on them. And that's that was just really disappointing to me because they did that in the second quarter. They had a resurgence in the second quarter with SGA going getting foul calls. Um, I think he had several foul calls, you know, Daniel Gallinari getting some foul calls and everything else. And they, they, they started to play really, really well. They started to play like, hey, wait, no, we should win this game because Oklahoma City actually has far better talent and experience than the Spurs and they just they just they let the Spurs get in their head and the Spurs got into a rhythm rhythm early so that was very disappointing and quite frankly it was a very disappointing performance from the Thunder I think that was the most disappointed and the most frustrated I had been after an OKC game um because they were going back and forth as soon as OKC got back in the game. And OKC, after they got back in the game, they just couldn't get any stops. And they would get with one point, get, get within two points, and then they would just have a total lapse on defense. And then the Spurs would be back up four or five. It was just so, so annoying. And then like they just kept on trading buckets. And then, of course, toward the end, LaMarcus Aldridge got hot. I, can't, I don't even remember how many shots the Spurs missed. I think I think the Spurs missed only like five shots in the fourth quarter. Only five. And I think the Spurs, honestly, I mean not the Spurs. I think Oklahoma City they were kind of lazy. I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna expand upon that. But I thought this. I thought OKC was really lazy. I mean, you look through the game, and you look at. Shea Gillis Alexander, and he was defending either Lonnie Walker or he was defending Derek White or DeJounte Murray. And he would chase him around, but like he wouldn't have his hands up. He wasn't trying to contest the shot. And he straight up just would just chase him around. And then DeJounte Murray, who is not a good offensive basketball player, this man is not good at making jump shots. 
made several, and they were the bottom of the bucket. And it was just incredibly frustrating. And then Shea was frustrated. He, like, you know, he just kind of yelled at himself and clapped his hands. But he has nobody to blame but himself. He had nobody to blame but himself. And that was the same for a lot of the players on this team. Really, Chris Paul carried the team the entire night. It was quite a frustrating performance for everybody. Probably the biggest stat is Dennis Schroeder and Danilo Gallinari. They combined 9 of 29. And, you know, that's just not going to get it done. One of those guys has to... One of those guys has to be legitimate. I, I think Schroeder had 14 points. I think Gallinari had like 13 points, something like that. But still, I mean, you if Schroeder and Gallinari are going 9 of 29, you're playing Abdel Nader, Abdel Nader several minutes. Uh, Shea's not scoring in the 20s. Steven Adams has an okay night. Lou Dort's not doing anything for you. Nobody else is doing anything for you. It's not going to be a good time for you, you know? If... if, if CP3 has to score 31 points because everybody else cannot do their job. That's really frustrating. So, Schroeder and Gallinari, just out of sorts. And Gallinari, you know, he didn't look like he was forcing a lot. He had a he had several open looks, which were fantastic. They just didn't go down. And then you had Dennis Schroeder, who he looked like he was forcing the mid-range game a lot, trying to get that to go down, and it, it wasn't working. And... There were several layups that Oklahoma City just left on the line too. The Oklahoma State, they would, they had a couple layups, and again, just like they did the last game against the Celtics, easy bunnies for Gallinari, and he just left it short, and it just didn't go in. And it's just like, why, why is this happening? Uh, another theme is Oklahoma City. They actually do miss. You know, it's kind of weird to say that that this team that was on pace for 50 wins, you know, should they continue that trajectory, they missed their rookie, Darius Baisley, and he's out for a significant amount of time, actually. Because those minutes are going to Abdul Nader, and Abdul Nader, you know, he had eight points, I believe, um, but, man, he, he was abysmal on defense. He <laughs> He's just not good, man, on defense. It was, it was just alarming how bad he was on defense, and... And then on offense, he just not knowing when to take and choose or pick and choose his shots. He just, oh, I'm open. I'm just going to shoot this three, which is typically what you want. But it's, he's for what he gives you on the offense, he's not giving you on the defensive side of the ball. And in a game where you are trading buckets instead of trying to get or getting stops, you probably would have Baisley in a lot more than you would have Abdul Nader. And so, no Baisley. Um, I think it's actually hurting OKC, and it's definitely a problem, and it's really, really frustrating. So, those are some of the themes. I'm sure there's more that I missed. I just came to this podcast kind of upsetting spaghetti about it. But, hey, life moves on. Um, life happens. Kind of sucks, though. So... The segment is Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you guys by BetOnline.ag. And if you actually guys use this, it's a pretty cool tool. It's a pretty good site, pretty cool thing in general. And like just betting online, I think Jacob was t- telling me that he was actually betting the other day, or he, he, he picked up LaMarcus Aldridge today in a fantasy league, so like betting online, stuff like that. So BetOnline.ag, if you actually go through that, 
and you use the promo code BLUEWIRE on your first deposit to actually go and do some stuff online, BetOnline AG will actually add an extra 50% onto the deposit you made. So that's a pretty cool deal. That's a pretty cool thing that BetOnline AG is offering, .ag is offering. I would definitely take them up on that. That is fantastic for guys that are trying to make extra extra little cash um, for the weekend. Stock up's got to be Chris Paul. There's, there's nobody else on this team that performed at a high level other than Chris Paul. 12 of 18, 31 points, 2 rebounds, and 7 assists. Um, what can you say? Uh, the guy's fantastic. He's been really good, and you know he he's very happy that he is having unlimited minutes, and he's very happy that OKC is abiding by his wishes to not limit his minutes. So you got to like that, especially as an Oklahoma City fan. You got to really like that Chris Paul doesn't want his minutes limited. You got to really like because like you can go during the game and say, man. It feels like Danilo Gallinari has not been in for a while, and he really hasn't. You, you are 100% correct. Yes, Danilo Gallinari has not been in for a while. And you can go through the game and say, man, like, and this is, it, it seems like Nerlens or it seems like Shea Gilgis Alexander has not been in for a while. And Shea, not so much, but Gallinari, 100%. You never say that with Chris Paul. It's either him and Dennis Schroeder on the floor. Unless it's tonight when you have the god-awful lineup. Oh, my goodness. Garbage lineup of... You had Schroeder out there with Steve. And then... I can't even remember who they had at the four. It might have been, a, it might have been, might have been Gallinari. It might have been Muscala. I don't even know. But you also have Terrence Ferguson. And you also have Abdul Nader. What are you doing? Like, do you hate offense? Do you hate offense? Is that why they did that? I Because the Spurs, they blitzed the middle. They weren't letting OKC getting anything in the paint. So any lob pass was not going to happen tonight. So the best idea is to throw Abdul Nader out there with Terrence Ferguson, one guy that lets it fly no matter what, one guy that's too terrified to let it fly, in which Terrence Ferguson took a couple of good shots tonight. They just didn't go down, but Lou Dort was better. Lou Dort made more plays in the open. He, Lou Dort made the more smarter passes or more smart passes. Lou Dort, he did fire a couple shots. And, you know, I, they, I think he only made one bucket, but he fired a shot in rhythm, wide open, or a couple actually shots wide open, where Ferguson would have caught it and passed the ball and would have made nothing, no, no matter to the offense. So, but anyways, stock ups on Chris Paul. He's been fantastic. Christopher Emmanuel Paul, what can you say? Um, you know, if I was saying right now, hey, Chris Paul's going to be on the All-Star game before the season started, he's going to be picked before Russell Westbrook for the All-Star game, and they're going to be on the same team, you thought I was crazy, but here he is, 31 points, 12 of 18, 2 rebounds, 7 assists, and really taking this team and leading them not to a victory, but to be at least in contention at the end of the game is frustrating. Stock down. You guys can choose between Muscala and Nader. Muscala was abysmal. This man has never seen a shot he didn't like. He should practice some self-restraint. Abdul Nader, um, just continuously, his shot form, it seemingly has gotten worse, and his defense is just not there. I still love Lou Dort. I'm not going to give him a stock up. His stock is steady. It's not Enron. Uh, Shea, he he hasn't... 
really been impressing me lately as of late i mean i guess like the last game he was the only guy that was impressing but as of today his stock isn't down or up it's just pretty steady but stock down you guys can choose between mike muscala and abdul nader so there's that let's go to the moment of the game this game was pretty annoying and honestly it was very very ugly um there's not a lot of moments to choose from because you spend the entire game saying oh man okay he's down two they can just get one more bucket or one three or they're tied man they can get a bucket they can get a three they can go ahead and create some momentum that never happened san antonio let them oklahoma city go on a fast break once or twice and pop a call timeout and kill it um so there's not a lot of exciting moments from this game to be quite honest with you except one Chris Paul looked like he turned back the clock on a fast break early in the game, and he I can't remember who he shoveled the pass to. I, I really don't remember who he shoveled the pass to, and they dunked it. Um, but, yeah, that was it. So, like, it was as uninspiring as anything else, and it was just as not rememberable as is the rest of this game. And it was <laughs> – it sounds like a Debbie Downer podcast. <laughs> but, man, this game was just – it was, it was the worst kind of game. Like – this is a game you're supposed to win. And what you've said, what we've said the entire season is that the good thing about this OKC team is that they they win the games they're supposed to win. They don't disappoint on the games that they're supposed to win. And today, they come out against a San Antonio Spurs team that's reeling five-game losing streak without DeMar DeRozan. And they let Patty Mills, who looks like an ugly girl, light them up. Like, jeez, man, like that's it's this game is so just like anti 2020 Thunder. This is 2019-20 Thunder. This is 2018 Thunder where Oklahoma City would beat the teams they weren't supposed to, and they would lose against the teams, like they would lose two out of three or all three against Sacramento. They would lose three out of the four to Minnesota. They would lose the teams they're not supposed to. This is last year's Thunder team. This is not this year's Thunder team. So it was very uninspiring. Very uninspired basketball looked like, and it was just really frustrating. And I know this is a podcast that you guys might vibe with because it's a mood right now, but dang, it was so rough and annoying. But I did ask for some Twitter questions, and you guys really came in the clutch, and I'm really appreciative of that. So let's go to some Twitter questions. Zowific says, I took my wife to this game for an early valentine's day gift is she gonna leave me also when we're in a scoring drought do you want to do you want to see you go to wait we're in, when we're in a scoring drought who do you want to see dude this question is confusing who's the first option basically he's asking when okay season or scoring drought dennis schroeder shay alexander or shavante uh Chris Paul or Danilo Gallinari, and he said, P.S., the correct answer is Lou. So, is your wife going to leave you? Um, maybe. All 50% of Oklahoma marriages end in divorce, so it's one and two, buddy. I don't know. Hope not, but if she does, it gives you more time to tweet more questions at us. So, I really appreciate the Twitter question, Zoefic. Also, I like your second question a lot, and it really depends on what OKC is doing. It's become clear to me, or at least, or yeah, it's just become clear maybe to me that Shea is the third, is the last option 
in crunch time and when okc's in a scoring drought especially shay appears to be the last option of those four when they need a bucket which i think that trend needs to stop you're only inhibiting and impeding his progress as a possible star or very good player in the league he needs to start taking more responsibility regarding that so that's frustrating because Shea honestly he's got more skill than Dennis Dennis is really really fast didn't get to the cup obviously he didn't get too fast he didn't get to the fast enough to the cup tonight but hey Shea's got a better mid-range he's got a better teardrop he's got a better He's got a better uh, change of pace game. He's got a better shot in general than Dennis. Um, his release is a lot slower, though. But, yeah, you'd like to see Shea become better than a fourth option. Um, of course, if the option—if man, I'm just going to say Chris Paul is your first. He's got to be your first option. Mid-range, it's got to be Chris Paul. Uh, clutch three-pointers, though, that's where, I, that's where my thing is. If it's a clutch three-pointer, you need three, it's got to be Gallo. But if you are just in a drought and you need something to get going, it's got to be Chris Paul to me, which is kind of odd to say, right? Because it's Chris Paul and you have other options on the floor. So, anyways. Ooh, so another question from Zawafik. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. So, again, if you get divorced, you can, instead of sending in two questions, you can send in four. That's twice the tweets. I saw a guy in the arena rocking a Pimpin' Pippin, which was his favorite player of all time, Scotty Pippin jersey. Who's your all-time favorite player and favorite, but not named, oh, favorite bull, not named Jordan. So my favorite all-time player and favorite bull, not named Jordan. Hmm. I'll go with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's my favorite player of all time, and it's not going to change. My favorite player is Russell Westbrook during Kevin Durant. My favorite player was Russell Westbrook during when people hated him in 2012 and thought he was inefficient, and he's wildly more inefficient now than he used to be. He's a dog, man, uh, and you got to respect it. He gets, he gets after it 100% of the time. My favorite bull, not named Jordan, Dennis Rodman, and I'll tell you why. And it's really reminiscent of tonight's game. He always played very hard. He didn't have to wait to get down to start playing hard. He played inspired basketball 24-7. And that started with the Pistons because of the background he came from, which, by the way, he went to school at Southeastern Oklahoma State University in Durant, Oklahoma. And he always played inspired basketball with the Pistons and the Bulls. He never had to have somebody bark at him and really bitch at him to play tough. He was just that way. And it looked like tonight, Oklahoma City, besides Chris Paul, largely uninspired ready for the all-star break and that's that was the most disappointing part for me so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with dennis rodman i know he's had weird hair stuff i know he did like the publicity stunts with the wedding dresses and he went to north korea but there's one thing you can't say about dennis rodman is that he that is whether that he was lazy this man was on it 24 7 uh, Zach Attack, TTFU, at Zass Sports Show. That's actually a pretty good at. Good job, Zach Attack. It says, I'm pissed. How's that for the comments? Also, get rid of Abed, or whatever his name is. I feel like that is mildly racist, uh, that thing you just said. I don't think it was meant to be mildly racist, but 
just saying, you know, Abdul or Abed, that's kind of like messed up. Like, that'd be like, if like, you know, your name is Zach, and I'd be like, I need to get rid of Carl or whatever your name is, some other random white guy name. But hey, whatever. I'm not necessarily against that that comment, though. Abdul Nader is not the answer. He's not good. And he makes you miss Darius Baisley even more. That's why I tweeted that out during the game. Dean at underscore Boomer6, which is 100% Dean Blevins' burner account, says, Now is the time we cut Ferguson. The guy's terrible. I don't get what you say about his defense with a C. Dean, you might be... You might be British. Did you know that? If you spelled defense with a C? Anyways, I'm going to read this in a Tom Haverford voice, which is Aziz Ansari from Parks and Rec. Now is the time we cut Ferguson. The guy's terrible. I don't get what you say about his defense. It's a scoring game, too. Also, Nike, release an SGA jersey. I want it now. It's America. Um, Ferguson is a confidence player, 100%. He actually was confident tonight, and he was fouling too much. Um, and again, Dort is the guy of the future there. And again, I said during the game, you hate to see a guy lose his spot due to injury, but I think that's what's happened with Ferguson. And I agree, Dino. Nike needs to release that SGA World jersey right now. And maybe Jacob Niffin, a part of the podcast, the ringleader of this podcast, El Capitan, uh, maybe we'll take a picture of it at a Dick Sporting Goods because he accidentally placed it out too early. And some certain reporter, or at least he call, likes to call himself a reporter, will take, will steal that image and say uh, he, people just randomly send him images and that he got the first picture, which is totally false. But hey, life moves on, doesn't it? Moving from the mama's basement to being sponsored by another company, unbelievable. Um, Brian XO from real Brian XO from highly or from highly likely to less likely. Who has a future in OKC? Dort, Diallo, or Ferg? Highly likely to less likely. Um, Dort, highly likely. Ferg's in the middle. Diallo's less likely. Diallo's getting squeezed out of the rotation. You can see it. It's easy. You can see it easily. That's a good question. I like it a lot. Day one Thunder fan. Thundower. At Thundower. Are the refs bad in OKC? No, I just think OKC wasn't aggressive enough and they were really just playing a form of basketball in which Marcus Morris that Marcus Morris made the comment that Jay Crowder was feminine because um he flopped. But um uh, and that was stupid, and that's a really dumb thing by Marcus Morris to say, or Markeefa. I don't know. I don't remember which one. I think it's Marcus. And yeah, OKC, um, the refs weren't bad. OKC just, they literally weren't doing anything to help themselves out. Because San Antonio was literally letting OKC, they were basically telling OKC, please drive into the lane. We're, we are fronting you. And OKC said, no, nah, I'm just going to pass the ball a lot and take contested jumpers. Damien Grubbs at Grubbs Damien. That's a really, really original uh, Twitter ad. It says, do you think Presty is concerned of us possibly losing our first round draft pick this year? Also, if we don't lose that pick, 
Can you see us trading that pick in the Denver pick to move up in the draft? I don't think Presti cares about losing that first round pick this year. Maybe he does. Who knows? Maybe. Ooh, that's a good question, Damian. Maybe he's instructing the team to lose. Because if they win these games that they're supposed to, they might lose that draft pick. Oh my gosh. Damian Grubbs. Galaxy brain, bro. Galaxy brain moment. Zzz. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, also, if we lose that pick. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I think that if they don't lose that pick and they have that Denver pick, I think their intention was to always move up in the draft or at least trade one of those picks away. I think, yeah, I think you're right on that one, uh, Damian. And Dakari Sanchez from at Dakari Sanchez. Is it time to go back to the island? Which he sent me a gif of Dion Waiters after he ended the game in Miami against the Warriors and crossed his arms. I would love that so much. Okay, so he's not going to do that. Uh, Dion's going to sign with one of the two LA teams, even though he would be loved and people would welcome him with open arms and okay, see just like they did. They would again with Ennis Cantor. Because people in Oklahoma love their players, especially the ones that want to be here. Um, that's kind of a shot at Kevin Durant. And by the way, Kevin Durant never stops talking. This man is still like like in. Let's talk. Let's talk about this for a second. And this, I'm sorry, this is like not post game stuff. I'm gonna go off on it for a second. This man said, and if you're just now hearing it for the first time, cool, whatever. But this man said he knew he was leaving OKC before that. Last season even started. This man packed it in before the game even before the season even started. And he has the nerve to say, I didn't have any shooters around me. I can't be the only one making jump shots, he says. What was odd is that well, these are the players that had a higher percentage than him, and I'm just going off the top of my head from jump shooting from three. Anthony Morrow. Dion Waiters, Andre Robertson, Serge Ibaka, Russell Westbrook, Randy freaking Foy, somebody else I'm sure, and then Kevin Durant shot 28% from three. Serge Ibaka shot like 40 some 40% from three in that series, and you're gonna say, oh no, I was the only jump shooter. Dude. Get the hell out of here. Also, I know you're trying to stay relevant. I know you don't have a true fan base anymore because you ditched the only one that actually really liked you. So, like, now you have to create all these burner accounts. But, bro, leave it alone. Let it go. You're hurt this year. Nobody's talking about you. You're irrelevant. Let it go. Stop caring so much. It's four years old. Like, literally, Kevin, I thought you would have matured from four years ago to now. But all you've done is change your story like 8 million times. You're worse than these politicians in this upcoming election, bro. Chill. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm en ending this podcast on this note. I'm really tired. I'm really thirsty. And I'm ready for a nap or maybe even bed. So anyways, guys, thank you for following us the Uncontested. Thank you for following along with me at the game. Again, we're on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Love that network. Love being a part of this thing. Really appreciate you guys for listening. Go drop us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Last but not least, Thunder Up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.